0: hi everyone welcome back to Find me in a book podcast I'm your host Tav Wow I mean I have so many emotions uh, I finished this book obviously making a podcast about it and it's a whirlwind um, it answers a lot of questions it leaves just a couple questions thankfully and it's uh it's a whole it's a whole vibe a uh, whole just experience. I, I'm excited to tell you about it. Uh, I am currently uh, recording this episode at one in the morning and I am trying to get it out tomorrow. So if this like doesn't make sense, it's fine. I'm so tired and I'm just probably gonna mumble and it'll be fine. Um, little life update. Um next week is my last week uh here in Utah uh at my job and then that weekend I will be driving out to North Carolina. So I'm just trying to get things ready here at the house to put in my car and drive over with the dogs. Um we're going to do like a mini move right now and then move everything a little bit later so. I mean that's a little life update. Don't know if you wanted it, don't know if you care, but I'm going to share anyways. So, without further ado, let's get into this fourth book. So, this is called The War of Two Queens. I've been waiting for this book for, I think, like two years, honestly. And what I liked about this book, I usually don't like this in in books, um, but it has both Castile's point of view and Poppy's point of view. So we go back and forth and what they are both experiencing. Not like the same moment, really, um, but just where they're at. Because remember, Cass is with the queen, he's been captured, and Poppy is trying to get him back throughout this book. Uh, so it's actually very interesting seeing their point of view and what they learn and experience. I am going to tell you guys that there is actually a lot of um, unsettling details in this book, if that makes sense. So I'm going to do like kind of a trigger warning because there's a lot of disturbing things that we find out the, the Ascended do to like either the people that are supposedly, like, going to the right or being sacrificed to the gods or whatever, there's just a lot of um, detail that really just I didn't like, Um, and so I skipped some of it because I didn't think it was necessary, and I don't super want to share it, because I don't think it's necessary, and it doesn't progress the story. It's just kind of in there, kind of makes you feel gross. So, again, I'm not going to share it, um, but just know if you do read this book, there are details that just surround death and just kind of a torture type thing. And I just, yeah, it was very unsettling. So I I want you to know that going in. Um, Later in the book, it does get spicy, um, because I'm just going to tell you outright, they do save gas and they get together. Um, So it does get spicy later. But again, it doesn't really add anything to the story. So you can easily skip it. So let's really get into this book. uh, Because I want to try and do this under an hour. Last week's episode was a little bit over an hour. I'm going to try and keep this one under. So uh, just to keep you guys' attention. We're going to start out. So it starts with Castile and his point of view. And he is chained up um, down in these dungeons. And he's been there for 23 days. So it's been 23 days since he's been captured. Um, and he is losing blood and he's becoming hungry and just kind of going into like this bloodthirst rage and um the queen comes in and she comes in in with this guy uh that is pretty much all golden which is strange uh and his name is callum we find out um and cass of course is just so rude to her and just so like doesn't want to give her the time of day which makes sense because she's an evil lady and he asks her like straight up like what are you (laughs) and she says like i'm nothing more than a myth um like basically a tale like once told to the Atlantean children and there was this myth that if like someone were to pray to anything it, anything could be listening basically so uh something that wasn't a god could answer like a false god he's like are you a demis or a demise i'm going to say it's a demise it's d m i s a demise And a a demise is not born, but made when like a god commits the forbidden act of ascending a mortal who is not chosen. So if you're chosen, you're like a a second son or daughter or even um, the third child serves the god, remember? Um, So if you were other than that, um, you would become this false god. She shows him the message that Poppy sent to her, which... Was the King Jolara's head, and she's like, You know, I've made her mad. La just kind of like spews all this stuff, and she tells him, like unlike him and Poppy, her and Malik didn't receive the marriage imprint on their palm, which rem- on the palm they have that imprint, so it's basically like proof that they are alive uh, and not even the bond that they shared between like heartmates could alert the other of the death. so she's pretty much assumed that Malik has been dead. Um, but in this threat that Poppy made, she said that she knew where Malik is. And so the queen is very intrigued. It then goes back to Poppy. Um, it's been 23 days for her. So this is kind of like in the same timeline. They are outside of Messinine, uh, which is the first city that they're going to take over. Um, and then they're going to be taking over Oak Ambler, which is the largest port city. And that's the city where Cass was taken in that they like went to meet her and everything kind of went down. So they're they're going to take this city before they go to that one. And they only have like a little small battalion and some wolvens. When they get up to the gate, she's able to use her either um in the in her blood to kill the guards on the rise, but she tells her soldiers in the woven like harm no mortals who lower their s- weapons and harm no ascended who surrender. She just she does not want more death than necessary. And she tells them, we're not here to take, we're here to end the blood crown. And they were able to take over the city uh, because they were able to talk to the citizens. They were able to take over like the ascended and kill them if they didn't uh, surrender. But they were able to talk to the citizens and say like, hey, we're not here to hurt you, we're here to help you. And they're hoping that that message will get spread to other cities. And the citizens will tell them like, hey, they're okay, they're good people. They're trying to save us. Let them in, basically. Uh, 28 days has gone by since Cass has been captured now, and and she keeps checking her palm, which uh, it's very reassuring because that marriage imprint is still there. When she, like, awoke the Draken, there was 23... Uh, that had awoken, awaken, or whatever, uh, and three stayed in Spessa's end, um, but none of them as big as Reaver, so Reaver has stayed with her this whole time, basically, so then that night, she she's still having nightmares of when she was a child, and her, when her mom, like, tells her to run, and there's a couple more, we learn more information about her dreams and so when her mom tells her to run like the craven come in after her but there's a tall man in black and they call him the dark one I kind of mentioned that in the last book that we know that it's not cast but there was this dark one and Alistair was there he's the man by the door so there's the man by the door Alistair and then there's this man um, the dark one that has this cloak on him. Her mom tells her to run, but the dark one kind of catches her and, and holds a knife to her throat, but his hands are trembling. Her mom is like, do you know what that means? Like, please, like she must. And it kind of like cuts off and she wakes from there. So we we learn that the dark one was going to try and kill her. Uh, And then we'll learn a little bit more about, she'll remember more. So she is doing this research in the library later that day or that morning um, when they're in Messinine, And she learns that the Ascended had created the rite as a means to increase their numbers of who to feed from, which she knew about that. But they didn't feed from all the third sons and daughters. Some carried an unknown trait, which Isbeth had discovered Um, And that allowed them to make more revenants, which we'll learn about that a little bit later as well. Uh, And when she's researching in this library about this rite and how it was it was happening even before the Ascended uh, came about, she realizes that there are some really old ledgers as well. And she's kind of wondering out loud, like, how old are these ledgers? And there's all of a sudden this woman there and she looks so old like, so, so old, and that gets Poppy to wonder, like, is this the oldest mortal I've ever seen? Um, But the woman says that they're older than sin and most kin, and she says, but not as old as the first mortal birthed from the flesh of a primal and the fire of a draken, which is very interesting to know that that's how a mortal came about in this world, Uh, and she tells Poppy that she's called Vesa and Poppy asked her okay what do you do here like the Ascended aren't here anymore and she said I serve I still serve and Poppy's like well you they're not here though like you don't have to serve the Ascended anymore and she says I do not serve them while I wait and she says who else do I serve but the true crown of the realms and Poppy's like okay well then what are you waiting for like what's happening the lady says like the the one who's blessed the one born from a grave misdeed of a great and terrible primal power with blood full of ash and ice the chosen who will usher in the end remaking the realms the harbinger of death and destruction so it's basically the prophecy again Poppy's like mad because she's like this prophecy is nothing like why does it keep coming up who is telling these people about this prophecy and that's when um, the lady looks at her like straight in the eye and she's like I wait for you I wait for death and she like comes at Poppy with with this dagger she tries to stab Poppy but of course this lady's so old and moves slowly Poppy is easily able to like avoid her and kind of capture her and that's when kieran and niall uh come in niall is another wolven and they're like oh she's a lurea which is a spirit and Poppy's like, no, we shouldn't kill her, like, we just keep her safe in the castle where we are. And going back to, like, her research and everything, um, it was mentioned that the right existed before the Ascended. And so she's wondering, like, maybe the gods had some sort of right, and the Ascended copied it. Like, maybe that's how Malik told Isbeth about it, and that's maybe why Isbeth chose to like, bring it back and say, like, oh, yeah, they're serving the gods. Um, But it definitely had to be related to why the gods took the third sons and daughters and how they became reverent. So then 30 days has passed, and she's just kind of, like, on her own in this, like, the side of the camp and just, uh, you know, sitting there pondering. And that's when Reaver comes out, and he's in his mortal form. And she asks him, like, are the the Draken bonded to me. And he's like, you are the Liesa, you summon us, like you carry the blood of Nyctos and the consort in you. So yes, we are bonded to you. And so with the Wolven though, she is able to kind of talk to them in her head, like through her bond, but she, she knows that she's not able to do that with the Draken, but she can will them to do things, so through her will. And so she's asking him more about the gods and um, how they die, basically. And he tells her, like, a god can kill another, like, Shadowstone can always kill a, co- a god. And that's what Tawny was hit with and put asleep and I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in the last book um, but Tawny had been stabbed with a shadow stone and basically put to sleep and they thought that she might die they didn't know what was happening and so they took her to a healer and so that's when she asked like okay well then what happens if a mortal is stabbed with shadow stone he tells her like it would kill them but your friend lives and there has to be a reason for that which they don't really know and he says you are the first female descendant of the primal of life the most powerful 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 being known in time you'll become even more powerful than your father which I'm like she's already pretty powerful like I'm just so confused like there's just so much information in all four of these books that I'm still trying to build this world in my head and then know the history of the gods and now there's primals and now there's there's just there's the Draken, there's, I'm just, there's so much. So I would not blame you if you were confused because I am confused. I'm, I'm not confused now, but during this I was like, I don't know what's happening. What, who are they talking about now? Where does this come in? Who's this guy? It's just a lot. So I'm hoping that all of this is making sense to you. And um, let me know. I have a Twitter now. I've been like tweeting because I'm, you know, so cool. Uh, so ask me on Twitter or follow me if you have any questions um, or Instagram or any of the other socials. That's fine. Or just, you know, read the books. That's always an option too. Uh, okay, so he tells her that she's going to be more powerful than her father and tells her that Nyctos actually woke up when she was born and that's when they realized that Malik I, Ayers, and Jadis were gone. So, Malik and Ayers are the twins, Nectos's sons, we know that. And then Jadis is Necta's daughter. Um, Ayers took her with him when he left. Um, and Ayers knew something uh, had happened to Malik and went to look for him because they're twins, they kind of have this intuition. Um, and Reaver explained that Ayers was a cautious and thoughtful person and like everything while Malik was reckless and d- often didn't think about what he'd done until afterwards. Uh, and Ayers was content in Elysium and Malik had grown restless. So basically the opposites of each other. And Malik loved visiting the mortal world as the deities slowly built Atlantia um, and because both he and Ayres was born in this realm, he could come and go. But it wasn't without limitations, basically. Um, the longer he stayed, the more his power lessened. Still, he chose to stay, um, even though he knew what he would have to do to stay strong, which is he would have to feed. And whether it be like a mortal, Atlantean, or another god, or woven. Um, he would have to feed. He couldn't feed from a draken, though, because a draken basically has fire in their blood, and that would burn anyone if he were to drink that. So then he starts telling her that she reminds him of the consort, and Poppy asks him, what's the consort's name? Like, do we know her name? And he tells her Her name is a shadow in the ember, a light in the flame, and the fire in the flesh. The primal of life has forbidden us to speak or write her name. You don't understand, uh, to speak her name is to bring the stars from the skies and topple the mountains into the sea. And at this point, Poppy is thinking, is she, like the consort, more powerful than Nyctos? Because everything that she's been learning and listening to and what Reaver has been telling her, it's sounding like the consort is more powerful than the Nyktos. So later that day, they actually get a message or and a little box from the queen, and it's a finger with Cass's ring on it. So they literally cut his ring finger off for a message, to get a message to Poppy. Isn't that messed up? Like, if that's like, if I'm sharing that with you, like, you can imagine everything else that is happening in this book that I don't want to share with you because it's just that uh times like 10. I just, um not something that I want to share. But yes, so she sends that message. Of course, Poppy is so angry. And so she comes up with a plan that after they take Oak Ambler, her, Karen, and Reaver are going to be going into Carcidonia to get cast out. And it's just going to be those three and they're going to try and sneak in and They're getting a plan. She's like, we got it. We got to get him out. Now we go back to Cass and the handmaiden comes in, which I don't know if I really mentioned it in the last book, but remember when they were meeting with the queen and she wants to demonstrate what a revenant does. So she stabs a handmaiden, handmaiden. So it is this handmaiden, the same one that met them at the stairs saying like, hey, we've been waiting for you. And it's that same one, and she comes in, and Cass knows something is different about her. She doesn't smell like rotten blood like the others' revenants do. She smells sweeter, almost familiar, and so she is just kind of like walking around, almost like I don't know, weird. She just has a weird presence about her, I guess, and um, she wants to know how. Cass is like he has an infection where his finger used to be and he hasn't had blood for a long time and so usually he would have healed from that injury but because he's low on blood he's getting an infection and he asks her about Callum who is that golden guy um, and she just says like he's he's really really old and to really be careful with him Um, And the handmaiden tells him that Poppy actually carries the blood of the primal of life and the primal of death. And he's like, yeah, I know that she is descended from Nyctos. Like, we've known this for a while. And she's like, if you think that he's the true primal of life and the true primal of death, then you know nothing. The queen wants to remake the realms. And to remake something, you have to destroy it first. And he's like, the blood queen's not that powerful. And the handmaiden just kind of looks at him and she's like, she may not be, but she knew how to bring to life something that was. So that's really ominous. You know, there's a lot of like, kind of like cliffhangers between each chapter where I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like what does that mean? She's going to bring something to life that's even stronger. I don't know. And the more that I went through this book, like, and I could see that the book was starting to end, I was starting to get nervous that uh, we wouldn't learn everything in this book. But I can tell you that the story wraps up pretty nicely in this book. And then it all is also a cliffhanger that is open to a much bigger story. But the one that we have been reading about for the first four books gets wrapped up, which that's very reassuring to me. I hope that's reassuring to you. Um, anyways, let's keep going. So it goes back, it goes back to Poppy and she's dreaming of Castile and they are in this cavern, um, that they had previously gone together and they start talking to each other in the stream and they're like, wait, is this real? Like I can actually feel you. You can feel me. And they're having like this conversation and they realize that, heartmates, because they are heartmates, they can walk in each other's dreams. And um, so they are able to have like a little bit conversation. They don't really know what's going on. They wake up. Of course, he's in the dungeon still and she's awake. So she just kind of sits there and she starts to feel like her ether in her and and essence start to like stir. And there begins to be like a lot of lightning and thunder and strong wind outside, but it's like coming inside as well. And so they're like, we need to get out of this building. Like it might come down and there's, there's a lot of wind. And they're like, this doesn't make sense. It's not warm enough to have such a wind. And they're looking up in the sky and all the draken are there and she wills them to come down because the lightning is so strong and that's when the lightning strikes and one after another after another after another come down from the sky 16 draken had been in the air 16 draken died out of 23 that were awake in, The rest are with the other armies. Raver was okay. He was able to come down, and I believe, actually, I believe two others were safe to come down, or four in total. I'm not sure, but 16 had died, just like that, and she tries to heal them, but he tells her, you can... You can heal, but once the soul parts a being of two worlds, meaning like a Draken is of two worlds, like the mortal world and the Elysium, and like the woven is of two worlds, you cannot restore life. So she can heal a Wolven, but she can't bring them back to life like she can with a mortal. And they are so shocked because all these Draken have died that they're talking about... How this was the same kind of storm that happened when she ascended to her godhood. And they're like, no, 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 that's not a storm. It was an awakening of death. And she remembers the old lady saying, you, I wait for you. I wait for death. And she knows that it was the old woman that did this. So, and it like smells of primal magic. That's what Reaver says, that it just smells like primal magic, and so they rush up to where she was locked, and there's, like, lightning streaks on the ceiling. And she says, like, you were told when you entered this manor that all that you and those who follow will will find here is death. You will not harness the fire of the gods. You will win no war, which means, like, the fire of the gods was the draken. Um, and she's like, well, you won't harness that fire anymore. And we learn later on down the road, I can't remember exactly when, so I'm going to tell you now, that the the queen borrowed this primal magic to basically allow this lady to go in and bring these draken down. And so the queen is aware that there are drakens now. Poppy's like, you did this for her. And the lady says, I serve the true crown of the realms. That's when Poppy's like, No, no, no. So she kills her. Uh, and the lady, like Reaver, says again, like she smelled of death, like the essence of the primal of death. And they're like, Wait, Nyctos? Like, what are you talking about? Because they thought Nyctos was the, the primal of life and death. But he's like, Nyctos was never the true primal of death. There was another before him, and his name was Collis which Collis is as good as dead. And basically the only thing that could have released him is the primal of life. And that would never happen because they were enemies, like the deepest and deepest of enemies of blood, basically beyond blood and bone. It makes sense like that Collis is coming up because revenants were Callus's pet project. Like He used magic to create them, the kind that only worked on them because the third sons and daughters carry... Embers of ether in them. So now it's like a little bit more of a history lesson, which this kind of all is like a history lesson, but this is like even more. So it goes back to the very beginning. Um, So everything in like these realms descended from a primal except for the Draken. And the mortals, they descended from a primal and a Draken. The primal was Ethos. He's the first primal of life. So her great grandpa. And Colus is his brother. Um, but Nectus, which we know who Nex- Nectus is, he gave his fire, um, which that created the mortals. Uh, and what they did, what they did, meant that an ember of essence existed in all mortals. It's dormant for the most part, except for in the third son and daughter. Um, but I mean, they're they're dormant in those third sons and daughters too. But sometimes the ember isn't dormant and that's how they're able to create the revenant, revenant. Um, and the sended did copy the rite and it was an honored tradition for the third son and daughter to enter Elysium to serve the gods because the ember was strong in them so they could be ascended if they chose earning immortality and then when Collis came about he took those thirds um, and made them into something neither dead nor alive With his essence, basically someone has learned how to harness his essence right now so that they can create the revenants, which we know is the queen. Like, she's been creating these people, so she's learned to harness Collis' essence. We learn that even just a drop of draken blood will kill a revenant. And so the queen must have had a draken when uh, Poppy's mom, Coralina, was killed. This is Poppy still. They get to Oak Ambler, and they have about 200,000 soldiers, which is a lot. Um, And they meet with the generals. um, And this is right before they get to Oak Ambler, I guess, because they're just meeting and planning and and coming up with what they want to do to take over the city. And then it goes back to Castile, and he's still losing a lot of blood. And it was almost like rabid because he is losing so much blood. And Malik comes in, so his brother comes in. And he's like, you know what, I'm not supposed to be here, but I know you have an infection, like the handmaiden told me, and I want to help you. And so he like rewraps his finger because he's like, I can't give you any blood. The queen will immediately know that I helped you, and I can't, I can't let her know that. And uh, he tells Cass, like, please don't hate the handmaiden. Like, she took a risk searching for you and seeing what mess you'd become, and she has had very little choice when it comes to life. So don't take it out on her. I've never asked you for anything. Literally, like, please treat her well. And that's when Cass is like, you care for her. And then we go back to Poppy. So they're heading to Oak Am- Ambler. Um, they they fight in their very, very rough details. A lot of dead, devastating things happen with, like, the citizens of the city. It's just really, really rough. Um, but nothing in there. Really progresses the story so I'm not really going to tell you just that there was a lot of death Um, and so later that night after the fight um, she is talking to Reaver some more and she asks why the consort sleeps so deeply when Nyctos doesn't and Reaver tells her that it's the only way to stop her um, from doing something that she'll regret because I mean both of her sons were taken from her Uh, neither may be dead, but neither are really alive. And I mean, she's angry. She's an angry mama. Uh, those are my own words. Like, I mean, if both of your sons were taken, like, Yeah, of course she's angry. So they basically put her to sleep so that she doesn't come and tear everything apart. They are talking to one of the generals there, and he knows a little bit of, like, primal magic and, like, the history of it. And so they discover that there is this old primal magic spell to locate, and it's basically to find what was once cherished and to locate what is needed. So they want to find Castile. They then hear that someone has arrived, and they're like, oh, that's kind of strange. So they go out, and it's Tawny. Tawny is awake, and she was brought by a wolven, but she's awake. Like, she was put to sleep by that shadow stone. We thought she was dead, but she's awake now. And her eyes are actually paler than Revenant's, um, basically like nearly white. And they figure that it's the primal essence and Poppy can't feel her emotions anymore. She's like, I feel good. I feel okay. Like I'm here. I knew I needed to live. And she's like, I need to talk to you in private. It has to do with Victor. Remember Victor? We love Victor. He was like her guard in the first book. And Tawny says, I saw him, which I'm like, girl, is he alive? He couldn't be alive. Like, what's happening? So her and Poppy go over and they, like, talk in private. And she tells her, I feel like I was dying and I knew that I was dying. Until I saw Victor, I think either he or the fates did something to prevent that. And he told her that their suspicions were correct—that when uh, she was asleep in like the the Scotos Mountains—and remember, she like uh, was having her her dream and was about to fall off the cliff, and then there was this woman that stopped her. He tell—I guess he told Tawny that their suspicions were correct that it was Eos that stopped her, and that it wasn't just Nick that gave his approval for their marriage, that it was him and the consort. So he's like spitting all these facts that we know like, hey, he knows what's going on because he wasn't there. And so she's like, wait, is Victor a spirit? Like, is he part of the fates? Like, who is he? And she tells her like, no, he's a victor, (laughs) which I thought was kind of silly, but a victor. Victor is a victor, which a victor is born with a goal, basically to guard someone the fates believed is destined to bring about some great change or purpose, but not all victors are aware of their duty, and when victors are reborn, they have no memories of their previous lives, but some are predestined to figure out what they are and who they are sent to either protect or lead, uh, like Leopold which we thought was Poppy's dad. So Leopold was Poppy's first Victor. And when he died with Coralina, that's when Victor came into the picture a little bit later um, when she was sent to the Macedonia, I think it was. Yeah, with Castle Tierman or whatever. He also spoke about the prophecy, which we keep hearing about the prophecy. And at this point, I'm like, okay, it must be real like, they must, they have to believe it. If it keeps coming up through all these people, like, they have to believe it. So he, I guess, told Tani about the prophecy that the goddess Penelope sp- spoke about. And she asks Poppy, like, I know you've heard about the prophecy, but have you heard about the whole prophecy? So I'm going to read the whole prophecy to you because it's kind of insane. So bear with me. From the desperation of golden crowns and born of mortal flesh, a great primal power rises as the heir to the lands and seas, to the skies and all the realms, a shadow in the ember, a light in the flame, to become a fire in the flesh. When the stars fall from the night, the great mountains crumble into the seas, and the old bones raise their swords beside the gods. The false one will be stripped from glory until two born of the same misdeed born of the same great and primal power in the mortal realm. A first daughter with full with blood full of fire, fated for the once promised king, and the second daughter with blood full of ash and ice, the other half of the future king. Together they will remake the realms as they usher in the end, and so it will begin with the last chosen blood spilled, the great conspirator birthed from the flesh and fire of the primals will awaken as the harbinger and the bringer of death and destruction to the lands gifted by the gods. Beware for the end will come from the west to destroy the east and lay lay waste to all which lies between. Okay, couple questions when I read that. First and second daughter, what does that mean? The once promised king? Is that Malik? Like Malik, like Cass's brother? I had so many questions. So Victor told Tawny why no one was allowed to know the consort's name and why those who did were not allowed to repeat it in the mortal realm. Tawny tells her, like, Victor said that you already knew her name. What? How do we not know her name? If she knows her name, how do we not know her name? Maybe it was one in one of those visions that I'm pretty sure was the consort in those visions. And she might have said something to her. Maybe she doesn't remember. I don't know. But I'm like, how do we not know her name? Okay, it goes back to Castile. The queen is actually there. And she asks him, how much do you know about primals? Which I'm kind of getting suspicious because like a lot of primal talk has been been brought up. So anyways, she asks, how much do you know about primals? And she said, "I knew very little, but if it weren't for Malik, I would have never learned the truth. I never would have known that a primal could be born to the mortal realm. When the gods ascended to rule over Elysium and the mortal realm, forcing most of the primals into into their eternities, it created a ripple effect that caught the eyes of the fates, basically." And they made sure that a spark was left, so a chance for rebirth of the greatest powers, an ember of primal life that could only ignite in the female lineage of the primal of life. Isbeth hadn't given born to a god. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get what I'm putting down? She gave birth to a primal, which I'm kind of... S- like spoiling things right now so actually this whole podcast is spoilers so sorry I didn't say that at the very beginning so if you're at this point and you're like wait what's happening all of these are spoilers all of it I mean there are some things that I, I haven't like said that could I guess be important but also like this whole thing is spoilers just in case you didn't realize that by now now we're back to Poppy 40 days has passed since Cass has been taken And um, they're traveling to Carcidonia. So um, it's like Reaver and Kieran and her. And Reaver said that the the place that they're currently in used to be called Lasagna. Uh, It's where the concert was actually born. And she was actually once a princess, the true heir, um, because she was partly mortal, which no one really knew that. Uh, But she was born with an ember of the primal life in her. So an ember of pure power, basically. So as they're traveling, uh, these guards actually show up. And they're like pretty suspicious of them, even though they like try and disguise themselves. One of the guards actually like comes up to her and he's like, oh my gosh, you're the harbinger," and kind of destroys their disguise. So they have to kill him. And then uh, royal guards show up like knights. And she actually gets shot with a shadow stone arrow. Um, and the handmaiden is there and the handmaiden is like, if you fight, like if you try and come in, like she will kill Castile, you know, she will. And she says like, we've been waiting for you to make a move to find your king. I'm surprised this is what it is. Like, it's not very secretive. This is what I thought interesting. She says, I'm her favorite after you. Uh, and she tells her like, we'll escort you to Carcidonia where you'll meet with the queen. And you're not going to be prisoners, like you're going to be guests, so we're not going to put you in chains, we're going to escort you there, everything will be fine. But that's actually when Poppy passes out, because the arrow that was in her was actually coated in some kind of like toxin to keep her unconscious for a day. She wakes up, and uh, Kieran is there, and he tells her that the handmaiden's name is actually Millicent, so they call her Millie, I guess, and... um. They are actually in the actual castle, castle, like the Wayfair castle. And Poppy immediately knows that because she's like, yeah, these were my old chambers when I was young. I know exactly where we are. A little bit later, the queen comes in with Malak, actually. And she gives, uh, of course, they argue. They're just like, I don't know. Poppy's like really mean to her, which is kind of funny because, of course, the queen is freaking evil. Uh, but the queen actually gives her a choice. Like you either see your King or you see your father. Cause Poppy actually like brought up her father to Isbeth and was like, where's he at? I know all about him. I know he's like that cave cat underneath the castle. Like, uh, and so she's like, you can choose one or the other, but not both. And so of course she chooses Cass naturally. She, he's her husband, Um, so they take her down to, like, the first floor of the, the castle, but then she's blindfolded. When they get to the dungeon, she asks Poppy, like, oh, where are your dragon, or where are your draken? Are they back with your armies? And that's when they realize, like, Isbeth doesn't know that Reaver is a draken. She thinks they're all with the armies, so that's, like, an advantage. While Poppy is helping Cass, um, because he's still in that bloodlust, he's still having a hard time, so she's helping him like get out of it. Uh, the Queen actually talks about Ayers, and how he came to her about 200 years after the war had ended, looking for his brother, because he could actually sense Malik's blood, and it led to her. And Ayers actually grew fond of her, and she tells Poppy, like, yeah, and when we came together to make you, he was not forced, like, neither time. And when Malik was entombed, uh, they lost the connection of being heartmates. So this whole time, she honestly does didn't know that he was alive or anywhere close or anything like that. So that's why she has brought Poppy to the castle because she's like, I want to make a deal. Uh, So they take Poppy back to her room and. It goes back to Castile, and the handmaiden has come back in. So Millie, she comes back in, and she goes to this water basin by him and says that she has, like, blood in her hair. So she starts to kind of, like, wash her hair, which I think is really strange. But then the water turns black. It turns like an inky black. And as she scrubs her hair, it turns into a pale blonde. And then she takes off the paint on her face because as a handmaiden, they have to have this like paint on their face. So then she turns to him and she says, I have something to tell you, something important. And he's like, you look familiar. Why do you remind me of someone? And so she cleans herself off even more. And he looks at her and he's like, you are a mirror image of Poppy. And she says, I'm the first daughter. I was never meant to be. Neither was the second I am her full-blooded sister. I'm no god. I am a failure. Um, okay, let's break that down for a minute. She's Poppy's older sister. Poppy has a sister. I mean, we kind of knew, like, we thought Ian was her brother, but he's not, like, actually her brother, but Millie is her sister. She's the first daughter. So then the second daughter is Poppy. Poppy. That just blows my mind. Like, I literally did not see that coming at all. Even though, like, there was that whole prophecy and I kind of, like, I read it, but I didn't understand it. And when it said, like, first daughter, second daughter, whatever, I'm like, eh, whatever. But now it makes sense. Like, it's just, it makes sense. Anyways, okay. So Poppy is going through the calling, which means, like, she is basically coming into herself. Her powers are changing. When it's completed... So this is Millie telling him like when it's completed, my sister will give our mother what she wanted since she learned that her son was dead because there was uh, there was this child. I can't remember if I talked about it in the second book or maybe the third book, but we found out that there was a child between Malik and Isbeth. But he died and she blames it on like Cass and Mal- Malik's uh, parents. And yeah, she's just that's why she has revenge. It's very interesting. Um, so revenge basically against everyone is why she's doing this. She doesn't want to remake the kingdoms. It's the realms like she wants to restore them to the way they were before the Atlanteans were created. So that will destroy not only the mortal realm, but Elysium. But their mom isn't strong enough, so she created something that was. And she tells Cass, my sister cannot survive this. She will die in your arms or she will drown the realms in blood. So basically saying, like, you, you have to kill her. Like, she is going to lose control and you have to kill her. Which, of course, is heavy. Later that night, the queen brings Poppy to dinner. She tells her that she never really had any intention of ruling Atlantia. She doesn't need that kingdom. She doesn't even want it. Um, She just wants to see it burn. Basically, like, she wants to see every Atlantean dead. She's like, you know what? Alona, which is Cass's mom, like, she, yes, I have plans for her, like, revenge against her. But she's not the one who allowed this to happen. I know who's truly responsible, Niktos. Uh, She's blaming a freaking primal, like the primal primal, for things that went wrong. So they're like, "Uh, you blame Niktos? And she's like, who else should I blame? Like Malik wanted the Heartmate Trials. He called for his father, even asleep. Niktos would have heard him. He answered and he Because of that, Malak ascended me. I blame Niktos. He could have prevented all this. So I didn't talk about like the heartmate's trials. I think in the second book... Um, but basically, during this time, if their heartmate was dying, or like if their love was dying, basically like the love of their life was dying, they loved him, then they could petition the gods to go through this trial to become heartmates or to save them, and that would be create the heartmate bond, and that's why it was created initially, I I believe. Um, so Malik tried to petition for this trial because Isbeth was dying from poison. From Alona, Cass's mom, and so he was trying to petition, but Nyctos like didn't listen because he was like, "Nah, I don't want to do that." So Malik then ascended her and created everything about this. So she blames Nyctos for all of this, and she says Nyctos appreciates all manner of life, but he's particularly fond of the Atlanteans. So their creation was basically a result of the Heartmate's trial, a product of love. So Malik once told her that his father even saw the Atlanteans as his children. So their loss will deliver the kind of justice that she is seeking. Poppy is very alarmed by all this, naturally, because it's a very alarming thing. And she tells Kieran through the bond, they need to make their move tonight. And so later that night, she's like, we need a distraction. Like, maybe I can summon the mist, like what the, the Craven are in. Maybe I can summon that mist to kind of scare everyone create this distraction so that we can get out so she summons the mist and uh, she's able to get out of her like bed chambers and like kill a couple guards get out and meet the other two that's when kieran looks at her and he's like i only know of two things that can do that the craven and the primals and she's like well now you know of three things and so they make it to one of the temples because they're pretty sure that he that cast is being kept under this temple And so they're about to do that locator spell with like the primal magic when Malik actually shows up and he's like, I am I'm here to take you to cast like we need to get him out of the city like we we need to stop this. And so they're like, "Mm, do we believe you? Do we not believe you? And he's like, you know, check my emotions, check my feelings. I'm telling you the truth. And so they're like, "Okay, cool. So they go and get cast. That's when Poppy stops him and asks him about the handmaiden. He's like, you're right. I'm here because of her. Nearly everything I've done is for her. She's my heartmate. I've done many imaginal things for her, things she will never have any knowledge of. Okay, think back to the prophecy because I kind of just like realized this. I know. I've, I read it like a couple times because, of course, I have to do these notes, but... Okay, first daughter was meant for the what was the wording that it used like the the king that was supposed to be or something? And so that's Malik. So her sister and Malik are heartmates. She, Poppy, is the second daughter, and she's supposed to be for Cass. It all matches with the, the prophecy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised because it's like a book and things are supposed to match up like that, but still, it's kind of like dang. That's cool. Uh, so they go down and get Cass, and he's like pretty rabid, basically. And they are able to take him to this house that a couple lives at um, that Malik knows is safe, and so they're able to help him bring bring back to sanity, basically. So once Cass is kind of rested and Poppy is asleep, he comes out and he's talking to Malik and Kieran some more, and they're talking about like, hey. Remember, Millicent said that to remake the realms, like, you have to destroy them first. And we're thinking that's how Isbeth failed with Millie, is that she would have had to go through the calling and ascend into her godhood, but they're pretty sure that Millicent didn't survive it. So they're like, okay, so you think Millie was her first, and Poppy was her second attempt at creating something she thinks will destroy the realms? That's when Cass looks at Kieran and he's like, a, co- a god isn't powerful enough to destroy the realms. Isbeth knows that. And a god isn't powerful enough to do as Millie claimed either to hand Isbeth her revenge against Nyctos. And that's when Kieran gets it. It clicks. And he's like, The mist. She didn't summon the mist, she created the primal mist. We're pretty sure she's a primal. So she wakes up. And they're talking to her about different situations and stuff. And then they tell her about her sister and they talk more about Millie because they're like, okay, well, what's the situation with her? They were just talking about how she's her sister and she would have needed to be powerful. She would have needed powerful blood to complete the ascension into godhood meaning she would have needed the blood of a god or a descendant of the gods. So basically like an Atlantean or the Elementals, uh, because the blood is stronger in them, which is basically, that's what Cass and Malik is. But there was no guarantee that it would have been enough. And that's when Malak confirms like it wasn't enough for Millie. Their blood wasn't strong enough. So she... The queen, that's when Cass was in captivity the first time, that the queen took his blood to help save Millie, but his his blood wasn't strong enough because Isbeth didn't take into account that his blood would be weaker because he was in captivity and he was really weak, so that weakened his blood and she didn't take that into consideration. So they're asking, okay, well then how did she become a revenant? And Malik was like, Callum, he showed Isbeth what to do. And then they're like speculating, okay, well then how old is Callum? Like, and they don't, they literally don't know. And they keep saying like, he's old. Like nobody knows where he even came from. He's like really, really old. Uh, He knew how to make revenants like that. And that's old primal stuff. And that's when Malik says like, you know what? She loves her daughters. Like the queen loves her daughters in her own twisted way And of course, like, she couldn't let Millie die, so she used that old magic. And because Millie had ether in her blood, it worked, and it saved her. So she became the first daughter, and Isbeth started plotting for another chance, so a second daughter. So they wanted Millie to ascend into godhood, but there wasn't enough blood. And once that was realized... Um, that's when she was ascended and turned into a revenant um, through the old magic is what they're saying. So Poppy chimes in and she's like, okay, basically the prophecy says like that the first and second daughters would remake the realms and usher in the end. She's like, first off, I'm not even like power enough to do powerful enough to do something like that. That's when Reaver was like, okay, first off, you aren't powerful enough to yet do that. You haven't completed your calling, then you will be. And she's like, okay, powerful enough to destroy the realms? Like, a god isn't even that powerful. And that's when Cass looks at her and he's like, um, I don't think that's what you are. He's like, you, and Reaver jumps in and he's like, you are a primal, born of mortal flesh. And they're like, okay, well then why would the notum have been an indication that she was a primal? Because the gods have the notum. Um, and he's like, no, it's the primal notum, not a God notum. Like only a primal can form any type of notum, like a bond such as that, like only a primal can do that. And so they're like, oh my gosh, this is all clicking. What the heck? Like, how did we not think of this before? Reaver looks like dead in the eyes and says, you're the first primal to be born since the primal of life. Guys, (laughs) this is getting intense. You know what I'm saying? They've been arguing a lot about the different sit- the different things that they have learned, and they didn't realize that there were guards coming towards the doors. And so they actually get caught in the house. The queen actually shows up, and she tells them, like, bring me Malak uh, within the next two weeks, and they'll remove the curse from Kieran. So basically, she was like, this is what I want. I want Malik brought to me. And to ensure this, they cut Kieran a little bit and put this like curse inside of him. Of course, not willingly, like they fought. So she's like, do this and we'll remove this curse. And they're like, oh my gosh, like it's a primal curse. So it's like a pretty serious thing. And she lets them all go. She's like, bring him. Everything will be fine. They meet up with the generals and Cass and Malik's dad and create a plan of what they want to do. And they're very confused because they're like, why does she want Malek? Malek, you know, it's hard because their names are so similar that it's hard to like differentiate. So Malek, maybe I should call him Malek with a C. Malik with a K is Cass's brother. So Malik with a C. Um, They're like, why does she want him? There's no way he could be of assistance to her because He's been in that tomb for, what, 400 years? Like, he can't be in a good state. He can't even be, like, awake, basically. Um, but they're like, you know what? We're going to do what she asks. Bring her Malik with a C, but only to basically lift the curse, what she put on Kieran, and, and draw her out of Carcidonia. Um, But she's not going to get a chance to use him in any way, like Malik with a C. Uh, when we meet with her in two weeks, we'll end this war, and that's once and for all. And so they're like, okay, so Alona said that she buried him in the blood forest, so that's where we need to go. So they go to the vicinity, and she says that there were these, like, ruins there, so that's when Reaver kind of flies over the blood forest to see where maybe, like, the vicinity is, and so they were able to find these ruins, and then they use the spell locator uh, to see where exactly his tomb is. And so it like leads them to this tomb. There's this like mountain formed, basically as a way to guard his tomb. and so they're they're kind of standing there and they get like a weird feeling. and then they start to see these things come out of his tomb. and they're grims. and remember Grimms they were in last last book. and um these ones though, are like from primal magic, so they're protectors. Um, and so they like kill them and everything's okay. And they're like, they can only be sent by a primal. So they are able to get in there, um, and get his casket. Cause he's in a casket with like all the bones, like the deity bones that basically keep him in there. So they, uh, take that and they meet her at the bone temple when they're supposed to. And that's kind of outside of like the blood forest. And they see that she brought her armies they brought their armies. She has mortals, knights, and revenants there. And they go up to the the bone castle with the casket. And they're like, okay, remove the curse. They do. She opens the casket and sees that he's still breathing. He's still alive. Of course, he's asleep, like unconscious. And so she kind of like breaks down, like Isbeth breaks down. And she's like, Oh, my heart made a part of me. My heart, my soul, he's everything. Like if Nyctos had granted us the trials, we would be together. And she's like, that's why you have to understand. You know how much I loved our son. You understand why it must be like this, that it cannot be any other way. And they're all kind of like, what is she saying? And then all of a sudden, she takes out a shadow stone dagger. And she brings the dagger down into C's chest in his heart like her heartmate and they're like wtf she just stabbed him with shadowstone shadowstone could kill a god they're like this doesn't make sense she killed him. like her heartmate this does not make sense and so Callum like looks at them with this like really creepy smile and he's like thank you like thank you for doing what you were prophesied to do a long time ago Thank you for fulfilling your purpose, Harbinger. And he's like, it wasn't exactly as foretold or how many of us understood, but prophecies, you know, well, the details aren't exact and interpretations do vary. But he's like, I've been waiting a long time for you. I've been waiting. He's been waiting for the sacrifice, the balance the array always insists upon, which the array are the fates. Waiting for the one born of mortal flesh on the verge of becoming a great primal power, you arrived as promised, but you weren't the only one. And he's like, as long as both shared the blood of the primal of life and you were loved, it would restore him. She just needed you, someone of his bloodline, to find Malik. We all know that Ayers surely wouldn't have done that. He's like, I just didn't think that she would do it, not until she asked for him. And even then, I truly think that she would she wouldn't go through with it, to be honest. So, I, at this point, I'm very confused. I'm like, what? Why would she do that to her heartmate? And what is she talking? What is he talking about? Sorry, I'm so tired. I don't know if you can tell, like, through my voice. Uh, I've been like rubbing my eyes. Anyways, why would she do this? What is Callum even talking about? Like. She brought who? Who is... Who's he? What has he been waiting for? Who's he? I don't know. So they're like, it should have been you on the altar. They're looking at Poppy. And they're like, it should have been you on the altar. That was the plan. That is what all of this has been about. He's like, it's time. It's time. He's like, time to bow to the one true king of the realms. He's like, when you shed the mortal flesh and began your ascension, it freed him. And soon when Malik with a takes his final breath... He will be at his full strength. And all these years, all these centuries and centuries, he's been waiting, sleeping even more restlessly after you after your birth. And that's when Delano, he's one of the wolven, one of the close, close woven to Poppy. He like imprint his imprint or bond, brushes against her thoughts, and and he's like, something's coming. He's, and she's like, no, someone's already here. Death. And they're like. Callus, Callus, you know who Callus is. He's the primal of death. Like, uh, what? All of a sudden, everything erupts. Everything. There's a huge fissure in the earth, and they're freaking out. Everyone's kind of getting thrown. It's it's a mess. And that's when Callum's like the true king's guard, the Dakai, which basically they're like this really big woven creature. They're just really creepy. And she tells, Poppy tells Kieran and Cass, get that dagger out. We gotta get that dagger out of Malik with a C. And people are just falling all around her. Like, just war, chaos everywhere. Some close woven like Delano, Nile, a couple guards that she really likes, they are have fallen. Like, my heart is freaking broken at this point because it's just, they're just being like, just a bad war, basically. And Poppy's fighting the queen. Reaver is down. Like he's about to be taken over. And even Malik with a K, he's laying over Millie. Like their bodies are scorched and torn up. And uh no more Draken flew and, and Kieran was yelling and just chaos. Chaos. And uh Poppy's just overwhelmed. And she's like, suddenly there was no light, no color, no sound. And then there was a speck of silver, and it expanded, growing brighter. And in that light was her, the consort. There was this sheen on her skin, and she's like, I recognize her from the dreams that weren't dreams. Her eyes open, and I saw that they were color of spring grass. And the consort whispers, it wasn't supposed to be this way. And again, Poppy remembers to speak her name is to bring the stars from the skies and topple the mountains into the sea. Her name was Power, but only when spoken by the one born as she and of great primal power. And she remembers Tawny saying, he told me you already knew her name. So the consort stares back to her, stares back at Poppy and says, it wasn't supposed to be this way. When she told, when the consort told Poppy that she always had the power in her, those weren't the words that she actually had spoken to her and she remembered now. The consort had told Poppy her name. She had begged her to wake her. and And she's like, how can the consort be so powerful? Because she was no consort. She and they just kind of like stared at each other. And that's when Poppy understood that the consort had been waiting. Poppy was so, she had so much emotion. Basically, she planted her hands against the stone and just like threw her head back and just like screamed, just like yelled the consort's name. Not that of the king of gods, but the queen of gods. The true primal of life was the consort. And that's when, like, a bolt of lightning struck the temple. It struck her. And that's when there was, like, this big um, rip, basically, in the air. Uh, that kind of doesn't make sense. But that's when Nectus comes. He comes through that kind of rip in the air. And he, he does this intense silver fire, like, into the creatures climbing out of... The fissure, like he's just destroying everything. And that's when Poppy focuses back on Isbeth and she looks transfixed, just terrified um, and and fearful. And Poppy feels the fury of Serafina, which is the consort's name and the true primal of life. Her name is Serafina, which I think is beautiful. Poppy knows that she got the gift of life and healing not from Nictos, from Serafina, um, but his gift was the shadows in her skin, the death in her touch, and the coldness in her chest. Poppy looks over at the queen, basically like not really possessed, but of one with the consort, and she says, you. And Isbeth said, it's too late. It's already been done. Poppy says, she knew what you plotted. She saw it in her sleep. She saw it all. Is best like no then she had to know that I did this for Malik with a seat. It was it was all for her son and her grandson that they took from me. Bobby's like, it was all for nothing. What you have become, what you have brought upon the realms, will not save you. Nothing of you will be recorded in the histories that are yet to be written. You will not be known, neither for the deeds you've done as a mortal, nor for your infamy as a queen. You are not worthy of remembrance. I think that's one of the meanest but most sophisticated insults I've ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a deep insult. You are not worthy of remembrance. I just, that hit me. That really, like, hit me. I was like, damn, okay, she means it. And Poppy just watches. She says, I made myself watch as my mother, the Blood Queen, took her last breath. I made myself look until Isbeth was no more, until the realm fell away from me. So the Blood Queen is dead. Finally, after these four books, she is dead. And Poppy passes out. And also we're really sad, but not anymore right now, because when she wakes up, the people that she knew had died... They're alive Delano Niall, the guards that she loved that we loved I didn't really like mention them in these books, but I love them they're alive they're alive nobody died. I was so scared that people would die I really was when they did die i I was so I was so sad I really was, and then they're like alive and I'm like, oh yes they she knew Jennifer Armantrout knew I would be so sad. So they're all back to life. Reaver took Malak with a seed to Elysium. And she's like, did I bring these people back? And Nectus is right there. And he's like, it wasn't just you who brought them back. You're not that powerful yet. You had help. Like the primal of life aided you. And Nektos captured their souls before they could enter the veil or the abyss and then released them. Uh, and they're like, where's Callum? Like, he's an evil dude. And they're like... Uh, we didn't really pay attention, like he gone. And Nectus is like, Have you found Ayers? Take me to him. I need to like we need to find him. And that's when Nectus looks at them and he's like, Callis, as I said, what was done to stop him has been undone. And they're like, Wait, what? Like Malik lives, like we stopped what Isbeth planned. And he's like, You didn't stop anything. Like, Collis was already awake. And, that, and what was done here tonight freed him. He's like, you only slowed down what was done, preventing Callus from returning to full flesh and bone power. But he will, if left unchecked, become more powerful. And, and his corruption is basically already here, like tainting the lance. Like, this is why the primal of life aided you in restoring life to so many, because you'll need every one of them if you have any hope of stopping him they're like, okay, well, do we entomb him again? And he's like, you kill him. And he, he again says, take me to Ayres. We must find Jadis, And then I will need to return to Elysium and you, all of you, must prepare. Callus is not the only one who has awakened. The consort and Nyktos no longer sleep. That means the gods will be awakening all across the many courts of Elysium and in the mortal realm. And many of their loyalties do not lie with the primal of life. The war you fought hasn't ended. It has only just begun. And that's the end of the book. So it's like everything was kind of solved with the Blood Queen and a bigger story has been created, which I kind of love. Because the book that was released last year that Jennifer Armentrout did was about Nyctos and about the consort and about their story, which I'm more than happy to do like a podcast about that if you guys want to know more about their story. Because I think it's going to come into play when this fifth book does come out, which I have no idea when this fifth book will come out, which I'm very sad about. But it it just sounds like we're going to have those same characters, but with the gods involved with it. So we'll learn all about the gods. I think it wrapped up very nicely and it opened up very nicely to an even bigger story. My questions were pretty much all answered. I'm honestly still confused about a lot of things. But a lot of my questions were answered, and I hope a lot of yours was too. And I hope it wasn't all mumbled because I'm like half asleep, honestly. And we pretty much finished the series. I'm really excited that I was able to share it with you and talk with you about it. And it just is seriously one of my favorite series. And I hope you liked it as well. I hope you really loved the world building that Jennifer did and I really hope that it intrigued you and you loved the characters. I am obsessed with the characters, um, but it just—it's a good time. It's a good time. But I also think that it was heavy. It was a very heavy series, and I'm just ready for a light, a lighter read, uh, a quicker book, maybe a one-off book. I don't really know what I'm going to be doing next week. But I know it's going to be probably not fantasy because I feel like we've been in fantasy books for a while. So I'm ready for like a a real life book. Um, But anyways, grateful for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this series and this episode and I will talk to you later.